Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm your host, Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and regular business columnist for a bunch of publications, including Forbes and Entrepreneur and Washington Times, The Hill, the Philadelphia Inquirer. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I've teamed up with Paychecks, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life advice from real-life business owners and industry experts. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the complexities that we need to know about when running our business, particularly how they comply with certain regulations regarding the COVID-19 outbreak. And for this, I brought in two experts from Paychecks to share with us what they know. The first is Lisa Carboni, who's a senior PE or risk and safety rep, and Todd Leone, who is a safety and loss rep. Both Lisa and Todd, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for including us. Listen, let's cut right to it. Uh, there are a lot of regulations. Um, I mean, b- besides doing the right thing as a business owner, there are rules and regulations we need to comply with. And, and you know, it seems like one of the main sources of those regulations is OSHA. So, Lisa, I'm going to start with you. Can you, first of all, explain what OSHA is and also explain who needs to be in compliance with OSHA? Sure. OSHA is the federal agency under the Department of Labor that issues regulations related to workplace safety and health. And there are 22 states that have workplace state-run safety and health programs that apply in addition to the federal OSHA program. And the federal OSHA program basically covers all private sector employers as well as some federal employees. So that's regardless of size. And Todd, I mean, as we, you know, OSHA compliance needs to happen regardless of COVID-19, but why, why is it particularly important uh, regarding COVID-19? Yeah, well, just to reiterate, OSHA does not have a specific regulation for COVID-19. They don't have a pandemic regulation. Uh, they have, they offer a lot of guidance. So they have guidance in general, they have guidance by industry, and what they do is they, they categorize the COVID uh, stuff through the general duty clause. And, and what the general duty clause says is that the employer has to provide a safe and healthful workplace that's free from any hazards that could cause death or physical harm to the employees. So they use that general duty clause to categorize all the COVID-19 complaints or whatever information that they they need to do through those, through that. So they have guidance that they issue. And I guess if if we don't follow that guidance, um, that would be the first thing that OSHA would look to if an employee were to complain, correct? Correct. Yes. They offer a lot of guidance. Like I said, there's general guidance for all businesses. Um, there's specific guidance to each employee, you know, industry types. So yes, they do look at that guidance and they do use that as a means to, to cite a, an employer for not following specific requirements. Got it. So Lisa, let's dig into some of the details of that guidance. There, there's a bunch of things. And again, we're just, we're speaking about COVID-19. So let me start out with at least just two of them. Um, they, they are issuing some guidance about personal protective equipment, PPE, as well as respiratory protection. Can you, can you provide us some more information about that? Sure. With respect to personal protective equipment, uh, the first thing to understand is that the face coverings that everybody is talking about, the, the cloth, 
face masks, the paper surgical type masks, are generally not considered personal protective equipment under the, the regulations of personal protective equipment. When we start moving into things like the uh, N95 respirators, that falls under the respiratory protection and personal protective equipment. Uh, gloves would be considered personal protective equipment. So it is very important that businesses do what's called a hazard assessment or a certificate of hazard assessment, where they identify what the risks are for the job duties that their employees perform, and then what personal protective equipment or means of protection are required for those employees to keep them safe. And it is a great little document to have written down and to be used for training so that it can be reviewed with new employees or even as part of something we don't like to talk a whole lot about, but documented discipline that, hey, you know, you've, I've caught you without your safety glasses or without your gloves. Let's review this document. We trained on it. Let's retrain on it. Lisa, who can do this assessment? I mean, I wouldn't know where to start. It's actually part of um, any business can do it. You don't have to be a, a certified safety specialist to do that kind of document. It really is taking just taking a step-by-step -step look at the business and what the job tasks are doing. Are there outsiders that can assist as well? Certainly any, any safety professional can assist with that, yes. Got it. So we've got personal protective equipment that we've got to assess. Uh, you know, whether it's respiratory protection as well. Um, what, and before I let you go, you know, when you say respiratory, you, you, we're talking face masks and respirators. Like what business has, an, has a respirator? Do, do we need to have those in-house? In it really does depend on what the, the risk of the business is. So some of our, our medical professionals out there do actually have like N95 uh, filtering respirators or you'll see somebody who owns a, an auto repair shop with a paint spray booth, they may have a cartridge respirator uh, to filter out the uh, volatile organics that are being used as part of that spray paint or solvents. Um, so there are a lot of businesses out there that might have respirators. Um, Got it. So, so we want to make sure that we're in compliance with some of the guidelines. Again, this is, this is for respirators, this is for you know, PPE, personal protective equipment. Then there's other things, right? So a lot of the OSHA rules seem to revolve around having a process in place, both for communicating and reporting any potential issues. Todd, can you, can you give us some explanation as to what, what, what OSHA would want? Yeah, OSHA, what they do is they, they want employees to be safe, obviously. And so there's a complaint system that they can use to with a, an employer that they feel isn't treating the employees in a safe manner. So then that will prompt OSHA to typically send that employer a letter asking them for uh, things they need, you know, what do they actually do. Um, is this really a complaint? Have you provided the training? Have you provided the protective equipment? And then the employer would respond back to what they do, or they might send them pictures, or they might send them policies. So the complaint system is one of the big ones. They can actually show up if it's a serious enough complaint, but typically it'll be a letter that they'll respond to. What are you seeing now um, regarding you know, OSHA complaints and, and COVID-19? There, has there already started to be a rise in them? Right now, that is the big one. Um, OSHA has been inundated with, with COVID-19 complaints. And, and most of them are you know, hospitals or nursing homes or medical you know, type facilities. 
so like again because they don't have a specific requirement those are all categor categorized under the general duty clause and that's how they use the uh the resources they have is to the employer has to provide that safe and helpful workplace so they use that general duty clause yeah, Lisa, this seems like like an enormous issue for a lot of employers as they get back up, you know, up to speed. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of an employee coming into their workplace COVID free, and then you know, a week later they test positive and they say that was that was their employer's fault for whatever reason. So as so many employers are reopening or in the process of reopening or newly reopened around the country, what advice do you have for them to be fully in compliance with with OSHA's guidelines? I'd say the, the first thing is to, to plan, to actually have a plan to reopen, identify how you're going to screen employees coming back to work or screen members of the public if you interact with a member of the public as part of your business operations to minimize that exposure within the workplace. Have that plan in writing. So how you're going to do the screenings, if you're going to do screenings, what protective steps you're going to take, whether it's face coverings and gloves or whether it's the um, clear plastic barriers between you and members of the public or physical distancing within the workplace, braiding, cleaning procedures, all of that. Have it written down. Communicate it very clearly with your employees. Have a point person that employees can go to to ask questions so that it's not a rumor mill or I heard there's actually someone that people can go to to, to clarify and ask questions. Um, and then Hold, accounties, hold employees accountable to your plan. Um, I guess that's going to mean a lot of communication with your employees as well. Absolutely. So, you know, you just mentioned earlier about you putting together a plan not only to keep your employees safe, but anybody from the public that comes in contact with your business. Does OSHA apply to them? I mean, it's the occupational safety, you know, health, you know, it's, it seems like it's employee driven. But if a customer or somebody from the public comes in and there's potentially unsafe practices in your business, would they be, you know, eligible under OSHA rules to file a complaint? That's actually an interesting question. And they could file a complaint with OSHA and say that they saw an unsafe practice in somebody else's business. So you've got to be wary of that as well as, you know, taking it upon yourself to make sure that you're providing a safe workplace for your employees. And, and Todd, what, what if you fail? <laughs> I mean, what if, what if, you know, you know, an employee, first of all, how, how easy is it for an employee to report you? Um, and next, what, what could be some of the, you know, some of the recourse? Sure. The employee is very easy to file a complaint. You can go right to the OSHA website. Uh, they have a, a, a link you click on, you file your complaint. It goes directly to, to OSHA and then they'll follow up on it. Like I said, typically they're going to send you a letter. Um, they could show up if they show up there's a very, very good chance that that employer will be fined for not following any of the specific OSHA requirements. So that's their big bargaining chip is that they're going to fine you um, if you're not following procedures. So it's important that you have everything, like Lisa said, documented. Your employees have been trained. Um, this is all really important stuff, and OSHA really, really will look at that kind of thing just to make sure you are doing what you're supposed to do. Go ahead, Lisa. Okay, thank you. I'd like to add one thing to that that Todd was mentioning. When we talk about employee training, making sure that that training is documented, that a sign-off sheet is used so that employees are actually writing down their name that they attended the training. So having that added piece of, of writing as part of your written plan. 
Got it. And and Lisa, is there a you know a website or for resources either that OSHA provides or Paychex provides? There is a uh, Paychex. Paychex does have a resource out there for um, COVID nineteen information, and the OSHA website also has COVID information. And we also uh, refer folks to the CDC website, which has some great resources as well. That's great. And that dovetails right into my final statement, Lisa. That was, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, for more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, Paychex does have a COVID-19 help center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Lisa Carboni is Senior PEO Risk and Safety Rep at Paychex. Todd Leone is a Safety and Loss Rep at Paychex as well. Lisa, Todd, thank you both so much for coming on. Great information I think will help our listeners very, very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back next time with more great stuff. Take care. This podcast is property of Paychex, Inc., 2020, all rights reserved.